Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey, it's Sarah Larby. You are listening to Where Should I Invest? Today is all about Hotel Julie. You may have seen the show on TV. Jake Taylor and Paula McFarlane have built a really awesome boutique motel. So we are going to be talking all about that today and their journey as investors, developers, and much more. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Before we bring Jake and Paula on, let's hear from Dahlia Barsoom at Streetwise Mortgages. Dahlia, over to you. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages, and today we're going to talk about private money and how it can help you as a real estate investor fund your project and what to watch for and how this money is different from other types of money that you can access as an investor. So private mortgages are essentially mortgages that are also secured against the property you're buying or the property you're refinancing. And they can also extend to other properties that you have if needed through what's called a cross collateral, which helps you obtain a higher loan amount. For private mortgages, the market has picked up quite a bit since the interest rates have started increasing in Canada because qualifying with traditional lenders has become uh, more challenging as the rates went up and the stress test bar continued to rise uh, on the residential side. So investors are tapping into private money these days to sometimes get a breathing room, believe it or not, when it comes to their monthly payments. We are seeing some investors uh, switch from principal and interest payment with a B lender, let's say, to an interest-only payment with a private mortgage because despite the higher rates, uh, interest-only payments can give such a breathing room. We're also seeing investors use this type of money if they're looking to acquire a property that uh, a traditional lender does not want to touch because of its condition or because of its location. Uh, investors also tap into this type of money uh, if they're looking to renovate. And some lenders on the street can um, also provide a renovations loan through private funding. So it's a, a type of money that is accessible uh, pretty much to everyone. You just need to be careful about who you're getting this money from and read the fine print that comes with it. Private money is more expensive than any other type of money. The rules are not as defined compared to traditional lenders. So you always have to pay attention to the mortgage approval or the mortgage commitment that you're getting. You want to pay attention to the lender fees charge, the broker fees charge, the renewal fees, the renewal conditions. You want to pay attention to all administrative fees sometimes that are embedded in the mortgage commitment. You don't want to get caught with high fees on renewals. And the beauty about private mortgages is that they're also negotiable. You can negotiate, for example, adding any fees to the loan. That's what's called capping the fees. Or you can negotiate the frequency of the payment. The payment doesn't necessarily have to be every month. You can potentially negotiate a quarterly payment or an annual payment. I've seen that happen. You can also negotiate deducting the interest from the loan if there is enough in the deal. So 
I just wanted to let you know that we're seeing an increase in the use of private money, but I want you to pay attention to the fine print. And also, very importantly, understand and validate your exit strategy. Going to a broker or coming to us and indicating that you're going to flip the property or refinance it is not um, a firm exit. Let me put it this way. We have to run the numbers and make sure that we've planned for the worst case situation. If that property does not sell in time, for example, and you need to hold it, what does that look like? If you're going to refinance it upon the completion of your project, will you actually get the 80% that you think you will get at a 30-year amortization with the lender that you think you're going to qualify with? These are all things we have to validate. I highly suggest you go through that exercise because you don't want to be in a situation where the loan is up for renewal and the private lender decides that they want out because the market has changed or you're getting, you know, charged exuberant fees to stay in the deal. At Streetwise Mortgages, we have expanded our private money practice and we are helping investors right now utilize that type of money effectively to either write this new cycle that we're in or to continue to grow their portfolios. We're lending across Ontario at 80% loan to value at fair pricing and we will help you validate your exit strategy and not leave it as an assumption or a theory. So if you're looking to explore private money, reach out to us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Dahlia, awesome. Thanks, guys. And also feel free to check out midtermrentalproperties.com. We have a bunch of events coming out. One is October 25th. We actually are going to be covering multifamily and uh, that is a live event. So we we branded a new group called Investors and Entrepreneurs of Canada, and we're going to be hosting monthly events. They are $25 to attend at Hagerty's in Burlington. So this next one is coming up in October, and we're going to be covering multifamily. And then every other month from there, we are doing speed networking. So we did one last month, super fun. People really enjoyed it. So we're going to bring it back every other month. And then every other month is going to be content. So if you are interested in multifamily, understanding conversions, all that good stuff, come out on October 25th in Burlington. You can uh, send me a message as well if you want more information, uh, which is sarah at sarahlarby.com. Now let's go on to the show. Jake, Paula, welcome. How are you? We're good. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's honestly, it's a couple years that you, or maybe a year in change that you've been probably probably been been a couple yeah Yeah. and a lot has changed since and you guys have some really cool new new projects on the go which we'll talk about as well but maybe for those that may not know who you are or have you know maybe forgotten about the podcast that when you were on just like a 30,000 foot view of like you know what it is that you guys do from a real estate standpoint yeah so so quite a bit's changed since the last time we were on right now we're focused on new construction homes single family as well as new construction and redevelopment of the multifamily, like three to 12 units, mostly. Okay, very awesome. And you've been in real estate for how long now? About four years. 2019, we started doing it as a business. And it's really scaled quickly since then. (laughs) Yeah. 2019, we were like all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) we were all in from day one, so yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so I I wanted to reach out to you and we connected because you've got this really cool project and 
something that I personally love as well with the resort that I'm, I'm developing. But you guys have something similar that you've put together. And let's talk about Hotel Julie, which is also its TV show coming. Well, by the time that this airs, likely will have started airing. So tell us about this boutique hotel. How did you find it? How did you acquire it? Let's talk about all that good stuff. Sure. So I'll give you the whole backstory. So <laughs> it went up for sale on MLS in 2020. It was operating as an inn, came on MLS and like 2020, no one was buying hospitality businesses. We weren't even looking at hospitality at that point. I looked at the building and I'm like, how can we convert this to long-term? Because eight of the nine suites had kitchens. And I was like, okay, like, and Stratford has a need for more rental units. So that's kind of what we were looking at, but we just couldn't make the numbers work. So it went on the back burner. And then probably like a year or so later, it was on the market for a year, never sold, came off the market. By then we'd started getting into like short-term rentals. We had like quite a few Airbnbs. I really like it. I like genuinely like the hospitality industry. So then I started thinking about that place again. And I was like, okay, so now that I like short-term rentals, because before it was so foreign to me that it was like not even an option. And then now I, I went and looked for it again. It, the listing had expired. I reached out to the owner on Facebook and just sent her a message being like, not sure if you're still interested in selling, but if you are, I'd be like interested in talking to you about it. So she got back to me pretty much right away. We met, we went out for coffee. We ended up chatting for like three hours. We really hit it off. Or like I would consider her a friend now. And we ended up buying it. We got a 90% VTV at 5%. Yes. 5%. And she wanted it for five years. And we were like, no, we only want it for a year. We want to renovate it and, and refinance it. But we still have our VTV now. We bought it in January of 22 yeah. is when we closed on it. <clears throat> So okay. because we knew we wanted to go into short-term rentals, I immediately started looking for like a design team could make it like the destination in Stratford. That was kind of our goal. Like it needed a renovation. The bones were good, but it hadn't been updated since the 90s. So I went searching and we found our design team and we had kind of had some like medium-term tenants in the building. So we kind of had to wait till they were gone. So they were gone about, I think we started in July. Of yeah. last year yeah. the renovation like six months after you got it yeah. yeah so we had tenants in there but they're medium term they all left by i think it was the end of june they were all gone and we started the renovation so and then in terms of the tv show that was 100 percent the design team so they pitched it to bell bell picked it up and they were pitching it like they were pitching it all throughout like from when we bought it till when we started the renovation so it also kind of delayed us getting started because initially we were like we get it January 4th, the rental starts January 5th. Like we're not waiting around, but we delayed it for the show, still not knowing 100% if we had it or not, but we took the chance and it paid off because we did end up getting the TV show. And then that caused a whole lot of different, it took us down a different path, I would say, our budget increase for the renovation because then it was like, oh, well, there's the TV show. And just we <laughs> made some changes that we probably wouldn't have done without the show, but now that it's all done, it was worth it. Yeah, it's a massive amount of attention for the hotel. So it's been good. Yeah. So from a, an investor strictly numbers standpoint, bringing in the team, because that, that's always something people debate, right? Do they go and, and try to like go through media just to see? And like, I think in the long run, it'll likely give you the exposure that you need. But like you said, right, more reno costs, more time added. That initial, like your initial numbers versus, you know, what they are today before like, obviously, you'll get the, the exposure from the TV show was like, do the numbers still make sense? 
going they to do, be ready. They, they do still make sense because not only did like the renovation budget change, but then also the like the end product has now changed. And so the right. end product is worth more than it would have been if we'd done like a more basic renovation. Like initially we said $40,000 a unit is what we said we would spend. And that's like, they all have kitchens. They all needed new flooring. Like they were just all outdated. They needed new everything, all the furniture. Yeah, initially we said 40 and then they came back with like a budget that was slightly more than that. Like almost double. <laughs> okay. Um, but like 80, 80-ish? 70. 70, yeah. I think they were like 72. Some were 72. Some were a bit below 70. Because every suite is different. So everyone's a different size. So yeah, it fluctuated. But anyway, the budget did increase quite a bit. Yeah. But then at our, you know, nightly rate had also increased quite a bit from the beginning. So yeah. And to kind of go off the question again, like, is it a good investment? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The Paul more of the numbers person, but the the mm -hmm. nightly income and the occupancy that we've been able to get even just so far been awesome. So yeah, yeah we service a lot of debt and cash flow a lot with the short term rentals. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, lo I love the short term market. I love the resort space, the hospitality space and the midterm space. And I think there's so much more than just long term. So, you know, I, I think this is, you know, where people are now starting to focus more and want to get into more because, you know, from a maybe cash flow standpoint, you know, some of this stuff could work better. Again, and there's many different, you know, different risks and, and challenges along the way. But, you know, you have the ability to I think, pivot and, and set your rents and have a little bit more control over these things. So, so what is, so what, like, what is it essentially? Is it nine, nine rooms? They're like, no, uh, nine no they're, they're apartments. We'll yeah. yeah. Like okay. studio, studio apartments. I think they range in size. One's really small, but on average, you know, between 300 and 400 square feet. So we have, our biggest one is just over 600 square feet oh. and our smallest one is 176 feet. <laughs> but it's actually really cool. That one's like my favorite one. So they, it was essentially like a storage closet, storage closet but it did have a bath. <laughs> okay. Okay. But we were able to fit a kitchenette, queen size, queen size bed. bed, and a like full size bathroom. It's been a pop. That's all you really need at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because it is our like smallest and least expensive suite, that one is booked all the time. Like okay. that's an issue, which was kind of funny because we were like, is anyone even going to want to stay here? Like before, now, like now that it's done, you go in, you're like, this is it's normal. It's a normal like it's a normal small hotel room. We've yeah. stayed in smaller. Yep. But when it was a storage closet, like there was legitimately like fold up beds, chairs, like all this stuff everywhere. Rooms. It was like, yeah. oh, this is maybe a little risky, but we, yeah, it we turned could out, use the income. So it turned out really awesome. It's actually episode number one of the show. So okay. yeah. Now are all of the units different inside? Or? Yeah, they're all different. So one thing that's kind of unique about our hotel is, so it, it was a row house and it was built in 1890. And then during World War II, it was split up into the nine apartments that are there now. Uh, we left all the apartments in the same location. We didn't really change anything. We tried to leave bathrooms in the same location. Some stuff did get moved around, but for the most part, we tried to keep it the same. So because of that, there are many entrance points into the building and they're more set up like apartments. So there's no front lobby, no front desk. It's all, we have like 24-7 digital concierge and self-check-in. So no one, like you're you're just going right to your suite. But because of that, like normally when you go to a hotel, like a luxury hotel, you walk in and the lobby is just like amazing, you know, like they have like the giant light fixtures and marble and beautiful furniture. And because we don't have that, we've now put that in every single suite. So every suite has, you know, marble, every suite has velvet. They're just like, they're very luxurious feeling and like looking. They're beautiful. And every single one is unique because every room is different. So very unique. 
Very different, each one. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Now, what about like amenities? Like, do you have a, a yard, a space? Are you adding any, you know, hot tubs, saunas, any of that stuff, or is it just strictly the hotel, the room, and then they come to visit the area as well? Yeah. So Stratford is such a great tourist destination. There's lots to do in town. The food is amazing. There's tons of great restaurants, cafes, lots of independent shops. And then we have the Stratford Festival Theater, which is what brings a lot of tourists to Stratford. I think the numbers are like 1.7 million tourists a year that come for the festival, which is like, that's crazy. So a lot of people are coming for downtown and for the festival. And we're within walking distance of downtown, which is very convenient. But yeah, in terms of amenities, like our lot is very small and we did have to buy the house next door to have better parking. So there's not a lot of outdoor space, but also the vibe of the hotel is like very luxury, not necessarily like yeah, like it, and it's very you have your independent suite, so it's very private, and so there isn't a lot of shared common space. Okay, all right, very cool. So, so let's talk about like if you don't mind, just sharing maybe the the VTB piece. So, like, is she still there? Is she still part of a VTB? What's your plan from a, a refinance standpoint? Let's go through that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, so she's still in first position. We're just working on the refinance right now, and we're also to be have the property next door. We're also uh, creating a LPGP structure and bringing investors in to not only own a piece of the hotel, but also the property next door. So, sorry, what's the property next door going to be? Paul? It's going to be, it's, it's, so it's a house mm-hmm. and it actually was the previous owner's house at one time and then she rented it out. So we toyed with the idea, it has the exact same zoning as the hotel, which is okay. like off topic, but on kind of hot topic is one desirable piece about this whole thing why hotels or motels or resorts is that they're zoned for short-term rentals and so the city can't take that away from you so that's one good thing but anyway so the plan was initially to chop it up into three different suite like three more suites so then we'd have 12 total but because parking is such an issue we decided we're going to keep it as one house it'll have three bedrooms all with en suites and all with kitchenettes like little coffee bars Mm-hmm. And then we'll still also have a main living room and a main kitchen. So ideally like groups traveling together. So everyone still has like their own private space, but then they can come and meet together. And then in terms of parking, you know, we can park those people tandem and they can kind of work it amongst themselves if they have to. So, okay. All right. Very cool. So, so why the GPLP structure? So why not, why, you know, invite others to to join you in this adventure? Why not just borrow private money or, you know, refinance with a, a lender? Yeah. So one of those challenges was the refinance process and just getting like a high enough LTV. So we're looking at like 50 to 60%, which kind of in, in terms of like when we started, it's not what we pictured and also like a lower valuation than mm-hmm. thought. And then as far as the GPLP, just raising funds for the project next door too. Mm-hmm. I was just doing it all in one fell swoop. Tough out there raising capital right now. So I thought this would be a, a good offering to not only offer, uh, you know, a, with this offering, we're doing a little bit of debt offering and equity as well. So having both of those, I thought would be a good option for people. Kind of like sweetens the deal a little bit. Yeah. Like you get to like lend, but then you also get the ownership piece too. So, and we've said too, like we didn't really get into like we've done like borrow private money and private mortgages and then refinance into like more traditional stuff and that's kind of always how we've done things but like as we're getting bigger projects and more expensive projects we need to look at bringing in equity partners so yeah like traditionally we've done you know say like a duplex or something in your renovations think 200k no big deal private mortgage 200k 
get it done. But on these bigger ones where your bud, your renovation budget's like over a million and the property values are higher, it just makes more sense for us to do it this way. It's better for the lenders too, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. So like, let's just say, for example, like somebody comes in, let's just say I, I come in and it's a mix of equity and debt. Like, are you able to share like just average, obviously, like what that might look like? Like, am I coming yep. in for five years, three years? Okay. You know, is there a minimum? Is there some kind of, you know, something like a, a return? Obviously, we can't like talk specifics, but just. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So on this one, it's a three-year investment term. Our proposal is 50% of your investment goes to equity and 50% to debt. The debt falls, the debt portion, the debt shares fall below the first mortgage on the capital stack. And that's an 8% preferred return. And that's distributed quarterly. And the equity portion, we're offering up 30% equity in the property, or sorry, in both properties. And the target return on that is 17%. Okay. And that is like, when do they get that? The 17% example. But that will be on year three upon either sale or refinance yeah, of the so whole property. Once we get stabilized numbers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Debt and cash flow are distributed quarterly. And yeah. then the, like the 17% return on the project. The plan is that we'll exit the deal. We'll either sell it or by then we'll have three years of stable income that we can get into like a more traditional mortgage. Right. So the 17% would be like basically at year three that you get the, you know, for yeah, it's years. Yeah, year three when the uh, value is realized and we exit, whether we refi or sell. Okay, so there, it's a three-year plan. So you're in sure. now three years, whether you're selling or you're refinancing with a you know a lender at that point in time that can look at the two you know last two years of financial and then hopefully your loan to value is better than what they're yeah. today. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the thing right now is that we like everything is projected. We don't have that proven income, and because the previous owner is just a totally different product, so like. When they're asking for her numbers, I'm like, I don't want to give them to you because it's not the same. It's not yeah, the same. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but this is an opportunity, right? Like if someone is looking at these types of deals, like a VTB is what we got as well on our lots when we bought, you know, the five acres. He did a VTB for two years at 5% and then we paid it out a year early to, you know, just bring in our own private lenders at, at the same but, you know, it is financing. These types of deals are definitely not as easy and, and structuring them is going to be, you know, very important. So you want to think of that. And then the exit strategy, right? I think, you know, like for us, like with ours, as an example, like we went through a credit union and they actually were okay with projected income, which actually worked out really well in our favor, but not every single lender will do that, right? And then you just kind of have to maneuver through that. But yeah, no, we ended up getting 80% loan to value, I believe with a credit union on the projected, which is actually really good. But like, you know, but like otherwise, like I could see why, like why you want to bring in capital and, you know, to get to those two years to be able to share with the lenders at that point in time, what that looks like from a, from an income standpoint, I mean, with your properties and your, sorry, those specific rooms and units, what are they bringing on average, let's say high season, mid season and low season? And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Experience Inspire Beach Resort. It is the resort that we have been building and it is ready. So if you are looking to host events, team building opportunities, retreats of your own, and just even potentially hang out with your friends or family or colleagues, you can rent out a cabin, you can rent out the entire resort. Inspire Beach Resort, it is an adults only, it is Canada's only themed resort 
specifically for adults. And the themes are really nice. They're really upscale. Like you have like the beach theme, you've got a rustic lodge theme and a vintage Hollywood. And we are adding more every year, but there is uh, an awesome space that is on the water to host your retreats, your events, your business meetings, planning meetings, all of that good stuff. So check that out, inspirebeachresorts.com. Now back to the show. Like per night? Well, they're all, they all vary because they're all so different, but yeah. basically in low season, it would be like our little tiny one that's 176 square feet. That would, that one I've had down to like 179 a night, but generally like in the high season, it's going to be closer to like 300 to 350 a night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got some bigger units that sleep four. Um, and then they're, they range from anywhere from like 525 to like 650 a night. So it's, they're priced high and, but they like, they deserve it. So like yeah. the prices that we started out with, like when the design was done, everyone was like, that's too low. That's too low. You need to up it. So I was like, well, I'll try it and see. And we haven't had any issues. So I'm going to just leave them for a few months. And that's like, we have a lot of publicity right now. So we're going to keep them high for now. And yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's the marketing piece. Like you guys have done a really good job with marketing. So maybe talk to us about that. And if someone's, you know, looking to to start a, a motel or a boutique resort or whatever it is, like what, what worked for you in regards to marketing and getting your name out there? So the TV show was huge. But aside from that, we did hire our own PR team and they've been the ones pitching to like the TV show was more geared towards design. So we got a lot of design content and like pushed out to like Bell and CTV have pushed the show to like all the morning shows, the social, talk, that kind of stuff. So that was all it's all design focused where we've hired our own PR team that she's more into like travel and tourism focused. So we're getting that publicity as well so that you know once the whole excitement of like the design and the tv show and stuff wears off we still kind of have that backbone of attracting like travel and tourism so okay awesome. well well worth it so she's oh, it's been she's, huge yeah. yeah like and we have influencer stays just yeah and then of having media come and stay and then leaving giving a review like in the paper is huge like we have the golden mail coming We've had some, we've had Toronto Life. We've had some really great exposure so far, but having a PR team is worth it. 100% worth it. How did you find your PR team? Was it word of mouth? Did you do your like, you know, bunch of interviews with a bunch of different ones? Like, how did you uncover them? So it's a friend of ours that owned another motel called the Beach Motel in Southampton. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to put together a giveaway. So between the Beach Motel and Hotel Julie. And so he put me in touch with their PR team. So I got on the call with her in regards to the giveaway. And she asked me, she was like, how do you plan on handling all the media attention that you guys are going to be getting from the TV show? And I was like, I never even, like, I didn't even cross my mind that like, I would have, like, I would have a part in this and then I would have to, you know, do something. So then we got talking and she is an expert in hospitality. And boutique hospitality too. So she has lots of little hotels, restaurants. And anyway, she's been doing this for 15 years, all specializing in hospitality. So for me, it was like, that was a slam dunk. We met, we chatted. I liked her. I liked what she proposed. And so we just went with her. Amazing. Is she local? Toronto. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So what's been the hardest part? I mean, in this journey for the both of you, what like challenges have you encountered that you're, you know, willing to share and, and how did you overcome that? Yeah, for me, the biggest thing would be the refinance process has been challenging, frustrating. And mm-hmm. then 
They're the, just taking way longer than yeah, the time, time, right? And mm -hmm. then we had some uh, delays on construction just due to the, the shooting of the show. We can handle that. But yeah, the biggest thing for me has been the, the refinance process. You? Yeah, that's probably been like the most stressful part. Getting, making sure that everything, like to me, like because we're like asking such a high price per night, I have like very high expectations and I want things to be perfect. So for me, it's just getting that level of perfection. Like I spent a lot of time there just making sure that things are done properly. I will eventually be able to like take a step back. But for now, while it's new and the reviews and, you know, people's perception and their experiences are very important right now. So hmm. just making sure that everything's top notch. So, okay. All right. Very cool. So from an investor standpoint, you're looking for investor partners for debt, for equity. Like how much in total are you looking to raise? Between the two, it'll be 1.75 million. And then so 50% would be equity and 50% would be debt. And that's based on like a 50% loan to value first mortgage. So it could shrink up depending on how much loan to value we get. Okay. And then so you would pay out your first, the VTB essentially with that. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. Okay. That's cool. What other projects are you working on? So we have, like I mentioned earlier, we have our new construction homes. We have five homes in various stages of construction. And then we have three smaller development, like residential development projects going on. All in a matter of four years. This is like, you know, you just go to zero to a hundred, but that's amazing. And throughout the pandemic mostly as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah. like, we started in the fall of 2019, we started investing. It feels like it's been like a climb, like an uphill climb the whole time, but it just pushes us. Like, I mean, we went through, we hired a coach and he passed away after five months. Oh, and then the pandemic happened and there's just been like serious uphill battle the whole time. But at the same time, we don't know any different. So we just know that we have to just like keep going and it's going to be hard, but it'll be worth it in the end. So. Now, what about like a team? Like it's, you know, obviously you, the both of you are the face of it, but like, you know, walk us through maybe what your team looks like on the back end, who's helping you with, you know, all the properties and, and projects that you're working on and, you know, including the resort or the. Yeah, the yeah. for sure. So like you said, it's Paula and I on top and then Paula has cleaning team. Yeah, cleaning uh, VA. team and a virtual assistant. And then that's for the hotel. And then we have a project manager that helps us with, he helped us with the hotel renovation um, and then all the new construction stuff. And then we have an admin. That's it. We're very That's small. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Running lean. So I think like once we get past a certain point of projects, we'll hire another project manager because it's just, it's, well, I'm not super like hands-on, but it's a lot. You can't be running around uh, like to site, right? We need the project manager in place. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So yeah, either later this year or early next year, we'll be hiring another project manager. Yeah. We're like right now. All the houses that we're building are spec. We wanted to, like, we got our Terry on license and we wanted to make sure that we knew what we were doing before we took on clients. But now we're starting to take on clients. So we will likely be getting another project manager in the next few months so that we can, we don't want to stretch anyone too thin either. Mm -hmm. Customer experience in the hotel and in new construction is top priority. Like everyone has to have the best experience, so. For sure. Now, what's your, because you mentioned Terry on, like, do you have any history experience with renovations? You know, uh, listening to this is like, wow, they've, they've really scaled in, the, you know, from 2019. But did you have any experience prior that helped you, like, you know, with where you are today? We, yeah. We've renovated, like, our own houses, but, yeah. like, nothing, like, crazy, like, no. boring. 
Pay, but we, we did build a house in 2015 for ourselves, like I contracted that out, but yeah, no, Tarion was a goal of ours when we, from when we started, we just, we just worked towards it. The education process for that wasn't too bad. Uh, to be honest with you, you don't really know, have to know much to be honest with you is basically <laughs> just the money grab. And then it's not super helpful either in the whole home building process. But yeah, once we got that, there's an interview process and they go through your financials and yeah. And we did do quite a few renovations, like that's extensive the ones. So yeah. We started flipping, but like our flips were never, you know, just like paint, flooring, kitchens. Like usually they were like full gut. So yeah. uh, we did some pretty extensive renovations for a couple of years before we got into Tarion. So, so for those of you or those people at home not sure what Tarion is, can you just like briefly mention what it is? Yeah. So Tarion and Home Construction Regulatory, Regulatory Authority. Authority of Ontario is a license licensing body that you need to build new homes in Ontario. For your, for your, like you're the one building it essentially. Correct. Yeah. You need that as, license as to the build. Con- as the contract. Yep. And develop, right? Yep. You have to have a license to build and develop. For new or construction. If you want to sell it. If you want to sell it, yeah. You can build anything you want for yourself, but in order to sell, you need that licensing. Okay. And now are you building these to essentially flip and sell? Or yep. You- yep. So like Paul said, we have five specs in various stages and then we're moving our process into more of a customer based. So we'll take on customers and build their homes. Nice. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. Practice. Yeah. We did some practice. We, we learned a lot. <laughs> and we needed to get, you know, like our systems and our processes down so that when someone's coming to us that we're, you know, we're not learning as we go. We've learned mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. lot. And then now we can apply what we've learned and make it a much smoother process. We learned on every single one. So yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to take on a customer for our first one. They would have been uh, <laughs> waiting, waiting for a while on that one. Yeah, I know. It's always better to practice on yourself first. 100%. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stress it off. It's not stress. stressful, but it takes a lot of stress off the table for sure. Yeah. Now, did you get to do, you know, use your skill in the TV show? Like, are you, like, are you guys like in the show or is it more the properties in the show? So we're in the show, but like very briefly. So we were actually in Florida for most of the year last year while the show was going on and while the renovation was happening. And so they kind of kept us in the dark. That was part of the show. but. It wasn't initially part of the show, which is kind of how it came about after away. So we really didn't know what was happening. We gave a budget and we had Sam, our project manager there. So we knew we were in good hands. And then we basically were there for the beginning and then we come back at the end to see the suites. So in the reveal. So we, so you're essentially on the show when the reveal happens with your, I guess, did they do a good job? They did. Yeah. yeah. They did. For amazing, sure. Yeah. 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 And like Jake's sure. pretty funny on there too. Hey, what can I say? <laughs> they all loved Jake. Like we were, I was nervous about what Jake was going to do and how our project manager was going to do. Cause like we had to like really convince him. Yeah. He was like, I don't want to be on it. Like guys, I don't want to be on it, but he did a great job and Jake was hilarious. Everyone loved Jake. So hopefully all my jokes made the final cut. We'll see what happens. That's good. So now it's starting to air already then. So one August episode, 7th. One I, episode, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So this will be airing later, but August 7th was the first episode. And then once the show airs, you People can stream it for free after the airing. Yeah. So you can watch episode one now and then tonight, episode two will air. And then tomorrow it would be able to be streamed. So like the day after it can be streamed. And then once like multiple episodes have aired, you can stream multiple like in a row. They're very short. They're only half an hour. They're very, yeah, they're very quick. Well, we've only seen one. And I don't think we're in the one that's airing tonight. Oh, no. Because we didn't come back for that reveal. There's a lot of back and forth. We were going back and forth from Florida. And then we would like schedule flights and stuff to come back. And then they'd be like, oh, 
we're delayed. We got to push it by a week. And then we'd have to like change flights. And so anyway, we're not there for all of them. That, that's okay. You're in Florida in the middle of winter, which is not a bad yeah. Totally bad. worth it. Yeah, good. <laughs> it's probably better. I don't know. <laughs> than yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. To each their own, I suppose. Awesome. That was great. So the next part of the podcast is the lightning round. Welcome to your midterm tip of the week. This week, we talk about why you should choose to stay in a midterm rental. A midterm rental is a fully furnished, quality assured property that you can rent when you are in need of a place to stay and your home is not available. You could be between moves, buying or selling your house. You could be between a divorce, moving to a new country and you need a place while you look for a longer term stay. You could be between renovations and need a home to stay while your home is being improved. In all of these cases, the midterm rental property is the right choice because we are a one-stop shop where all of your communication, your needs, and your stay will be handled by our expert team. We have a white glove service that offers additional concierge services during your stay. For more information, please contact www.midtermrentalproperties.com. I'm going to ask you five questions and you're going to get the uh, the first answer that comes to mind. You're going to let me know in like 10 seconds. Yeah, How does that sound? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. You number, want to go first. Number one, if, I think you guys have probably answered these. So, but like if you come up okay. with an answer, that's all cool. Number yeah. one, what's your favorite real estate investing book? Oh, geez. First thing that comes to mind, who know how? I don't know. It's not real estate, but. Yeah, no, that's a good book. Yeah. For me, it would be self-made by Stephen Mario. Everyone loves money, people deal, but I like self-made better. There you go. And then like just a book in general, like, You Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Like I listened to that book. I'm listening to it for the third time right now. I just love that book. So. Yeah, I bought that and I read it last last year too. Is Stephen, was Stephen your coach that passed away? Yeah. 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 yeah that was unfortunate. That's why life, life is short, but he left yeah. Yeah. lots of great books and, and, uh, and wisdom. All right. Next question is... Not necessarily a real estate investing, but what is your favorite podcast? Joe Rogan. I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. They're so long, but like we try to stay up to watch them. <laughs> yeah. I love Joe Rogan. Number three, what do you guys do for fun? Just hang out with the kids. Try to do stuff with them and spend some quality time with them. Yeah. We spend a lot of time working. So when we're home, we try to focus on them as much as we can. So they like to swim and go to the park and we just went to Great Wolf Lodge. So nice. Awesome. Number four, if you lost everything tomorrow, how would you start again? Like your money, your assets, your real estate? I would do the same thing. It's the same thing over again. But now we have, we'd probably be able to go faster and <laughs> less mistakes along the way. Yeah, it's true. Number five, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started in some capacity or another, how would you recommend they spend that money? Maybe not all of it, but some of it, I would get some education and get guidance and support and if anything it really just provides you with the confidence to be able to take action and kind of do the next step yeah and i would say that's a good point i would say if they're looking to do things hands-on and, and get their own thing started but they're they're new i would say maybe invest with someone you trust and then ask to follow along in the process and, and learn as you go okay all right awesome great answers guys where can my listeners find out more and find out more about the the hotel opportunity and reach out to you guys yeah so we're most active on Instagram and we're at tartan underscore developments. And then you can email either Jake or I at 
with either Paula or Jake at tartandevelopments.com. And then our website for the hotel is www.hoteljulie.com. And we don't monitor that social media. That's done by our PR team, but she would tell us if someone wanted to message on Hotel Julie. So it's hotel.julie. Great. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys, for being on the show. And uh, congratulations on on Hotel Julie. It's exciting in the TV show and, and all the success that you've had. Thank awesome. You, Thanks Sarah. for having us on, Sarah. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.